welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. are continuing our series on the unpredictable Holy Spirit, and uh, I just want to get you caught up to speed if you missed last week, and uh, just let you know where we're going with this. And we talked about that the Holy Spirit is unpredictable, but He is totally aligned with what God the Father wants to do, that the Holy Spirit may cause us to do things that we never thought we'd do, be in places we never thought we would be, but it's all aligned with God's plan. It's not like He's off on a tangent. Uh, John 16 talks about like he's not doing things. He's not speaking of himself. He's, he's glorifying Jesus and he's doing the things that are in alignment with what the Father wants and what Jesus has already done. So it's in alignment. And so, uh, but there is this unpredictable part of the Holy Spirit where you're like, I never thought I'd do that. I never thought I'd be there. I never thought I'd be used in that way. I can't believe this is happening. But it's a good thing. It's a good unpredictable and it may uh, take you out of your comfort zone. Uh, but it doesn't bring you into the crazy zone. How many know what I'm talking about, all right? And uh, it's not like, I had no idea. I couldn't control myself. Yes, you could. And people are like, well, the Holy Spirit makes me crazy. No, you were crazy before that, all right? So, all right, so, but it's, he's unpredictable and that he just, it, it causes us to stretch outside of our comfort zone and to do things that are in alignment with God. And so uh, I'm gonna build on that today because we need more of the power of the Holy Spirit today. And I also want to close uh, the loop on something that I said last week. Uh, a lot of times I'll give an illustration or say, hey, we're thinking about this. And then I'll just kind of leave it hanging out there. And people wonder, like, well, whatever happened? Whatever happened? And if you remember, I closed the service talking about running into that guy at the Minneapolis campus. He said, have you ever wanted to do anything at the U? And I said, I just said that. We needed a house. We needed apartments. He's like, hey, let's talk. It was in process. I want to let you know that... Um, we did sign on the dotted line for two houses right in the center of Dinky Town in the University of Minnesota. Yeah, isn't that amazing? So uh, we don't have all the details uh, worked out, but we know this. It's going to be part of our 20-plus ministry, part of River Valley Leadership Institute, part of our Minneapolis campus. Uh, again, I don't know all the details, but I know the direction. You know the direction? Skyuma. Roll the boat. I thought roll the boat might get a bigger cheer. All right. Uh, the best is yet to come. That's the way we're going. We're going to the U. And we have two houses, one for guys, one for girls. And we're going to be training up the next generation, putting a, a generation of young people right in the midst of that to make a difference and to be light there uh, where there's a lot of partying going on. And we just think God has something for us at the U. And um, if I could pause just for a moment and follow a leading that I just feel. Um, the, the homes are unfurnished. Okay, they're unfurnished, multiple bedrooms, unfurnished. And I just want to say this, if you went to the University of Minnesota and you sold wild oats, I think you could redeem them. 
okay, by buying a bed. Maybe you lit a couch on fire, buy a couch for our, our, our house, okay? Maybe you had a lampshade on your head, buy a lamp, okay? I'm just saying, you know what you did. No, you don't have to tell us, but you just come up and just go, I went to the U. How big of a check? You know what I mean? And just do it, all right? Write it out. We need to furnish them and take care of that. But I just love this because, see, here's what happens. We see this all throughout the Bible. We see this in our lives when we're actively following the Lord's will and being led by the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit plants the idea, then He nurtures the idea, He connects the idea, okay? He starts connecting people and things together. He affirms that idea. We see in the book of Acts, you know, they said it seemed good to us and to the Holy Spirit. So He confirms it, and then the next thing you know, you're in a place you weren't at last month, but now we're at the U. Okay, that's just the way the Holy Spirit works. Now, it just so happens that this Sunday, this weekend, is Pentecost Sunday. And I had somebody come up to me and they said, that's so amazing that you plan the Holy Spirit retreat during Pentecost. And I was like, it would be if we had planned it. You know, we just didn't necessarily plan that. I'll put that in the unpredictable, worked out great category. But it's interesting. I've noticed that um, liturgical churches tend to pay attention to the church calendar a little closer, you know, Episcopal, Lutheran, Presbyterian, you know, they might, they might follow the liturgical calendar a little closer than, say, a spirit-filled church like us, a Pentecostal or charismatic church. And, um, but I, I just love that it aligns right now. A friend of mine, um, she said, she's talking to a friend of hers that is a Presbyterian pastor, and he said, hey, what do you think my summer series should be? And uh, she said, you know, how about the Holy Spirit, a, a series on the Holy Spirit? And he looked at her and he goes, that, it's his Sunday this week. Like, it's Pentecost. He just gets this. And she's like, he gets one week. He gets just one week. And, and he's like, oh, that's a good point, you know. And maybe we don't talk about, you know, the Pentecost Sunday, but we talk about the Holy Spirit all the time. We are praying for a greater involvement of the Holy Spirit in our life every single week every single day. And so uh, we're going to embrace it uh, this, this day uh, a little closer today. But I just want to say this. If you haven't figured it out by now, we are a spirit-filled church. We, what does that mean? That means we embrace the gifts for today. That means that we believe that the church is empowered by the Holy Spirit, that the gifts that the Bible talks about that are there uh, with the baptism in the Holy Spirit are for today, that we are empowered to make a difference using those gifts to move forward. And uh, you, you can feel that dynamic in the church. You can feel that here. And some of you say, wow, you really, you, you, you hire a bunch of, you know, hyped up people. No, they're not hyped up. They're not caffeined up or Red Bulled up. There are people that are empowered by the Holy Spirit, that have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, that think those gifts are for today and operate in them. And so that's what you're seeing in the pastoral team here. And so when you think it's like caffeine, no, it's the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, um, I, I will let you know that uh, for our own kids, they recognize this. Connor and Logan, when uh, they were younger, we were on, I was on sabbatical and you may not know this, but the church gives uh, the pastors uh, a sabbatical reward after seven years of service. And um, I was on this sabbatical reward trip and, and just having time with my family, enjoying it so much. And we went and visited other churches in America. And we went into one church that was a very large church, and I'd heard some good things about it. A very good church. Very, very good church. But not a church that would say the gifts are for today. So it was, it was what I would say a, a church that wants people to get saved and wants them to know the word. But when it comes to the spirit-filled component of having the gifts in operation and being an empowered church, they're like, no, we're more of a structured and organized church. 
So we were singing the same songs that we sing at River Valley and the kids were like, what's going on? They noticed they were like the only ones raising their hands in church on the whole room, thousand people plus, and they, they were the only ones. And then they're like, hey, that guy's like drinking coffee and not even in it. He just yawned. I mean, God's doing something. That's an amazing song about God. And they're like, they thought I was in charge. Like, oh, tell him to put his coffee down. Like, he needs to raise his hands. I'm like, not my church, okay? You know, uh, matter of fact, we went to one church. It had a circular slide to the kids area. They're like, dad, quit River Valley and go here. I was like, all right, not gonna do that. But they start asking like, what's going on? What's the difference? How come they're not engaged to the same level? And I told them afterwards at dinner, I said, you know what? They're a church that's not spirit-filled in this way that we would say the spirit of God is moving in our church, in our lives, and those gifts are available. And they're like, well, we just like spirit-filled church. And they looked at me, they go, dad, don't ever not be spirit-filled. And I was like, thanks kids. I appreciate that, you know? So you get the point though. You get the point. They're like, hey, we, we like this. We understand there's a presence, there's a power, and we want this presence, this power. Now, without getting too historical, because I don't want to put the Holy Spirit back there. If you remember, I did a, a sermon not that long ago saying, don't pass tense me. Don't pass tense me. The, the Lord is active today. But I want to give you the historical, the historical context of, of Pentecost, that what we're celebrating this weekend, Pentecost Sunday, all right? So in the book of Acts, we have that Jesus has already died on the cross. He's come back from the dead. He's appearing to his disciples. And as he's appearing to his disciples, he's telling them to go into all the world. And he said, I want you to go into all the world and make more disciples. You are on mission to tell them that they can be forgiven. And when he does that, he says, instead of like, all right, ready, go, he says, all right, ready, wait. Wait. I want you to wait. Matter of fact, Acts 1, verses 4 and 5 says this. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So they are waiting, and they are waiting. They know that Jesus has now left the earth he has ascended into heaven. So we've got all this going on, and now they are starting a prayer meeting, waiting for this moment to happen. Now, we know from reading the, the Bible and from the calendar that they were praying for 10 days. Jesus ascends into heaven, and, and th they're now praying for the promise of the Holy Spirit. They don't know how this is going to happen, but they know they're praying for the promise of the Holy Spirit. 10 days. Now, if I could pause for just a moment. How many know that just the thought of a 10-day prayer meeting, some of us already have fatigue syndrome, right? We're like, 10 days, 10 days. I mean, they prayed and they prayed and they prayed and they prayed. And I think if I could just sidebar this for just a moment, I think we pray too short and we give up too soon. We're like, he didn't, I prayed a 30-second prayer, he didn't do anything. I mean, I didn't even pray a day. Okay, we didn't even get into prayer and fasting. We didn't even get into like day after day after day. And I was taught this when I was younger, and I want to teach this to the church. Uh, the person said about prayer, push, pray until something happens, push. There needs to be a little more push in our church, pray until something happens, okay? And so they are praying and they are praying and they're praying. And I believe that they went and prayed at the temple courts. I believe that that was their habit. They would go to the temple. And if you go with us to Jerusalem, you'll be able to see where the temple was. And there were little side courtyard areas and little 
enclaves and little areas where they could teach and where they could pray and where they could talk to one another. And I believe that the believers gathered there because it was their custom. They were familiar. It was the only place that could really hold them. It was a place they knew to connect to God. And so I believe they were praying there. Matter of fact, I, we have a picture of this. I believe we have a picture of where they're, the steps. Okay, so you can see this. That, that wall there is, is the, the foundation leading up to the temple. And those are actual like doorways that are cut into that wall going into the temple. And those steps that are there and that rubble, that rubble area is where there were uh, baptismal pools. Okay, so enough of the picture, but you get the picture there. There were those steps there. And so they would go in one step. They would come out on the other side and there'd be people gathered all around those steps. I believe that's where Peter preaches after Pentecost. They're up there in the temple and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit is poured out upon them. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter two that the Holy Spirit descends upon them and they began to speak in other tongues. All right, I'll read it for you. Acts chapter two, one through four. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And when it says house, that's where I get this temple court because the same word for the temple area. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And then reading on in Acts, but I'll just go ahead and summarize it for you. They come walking out of there. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. They're speaking in other tongues. And the people are like, what's going on? The disciples went in the temple and they got drunk. And then Peter's like, no, we're not drunk. I mean, it's in the morning, you know? I mean, come on. We're not like the students that went to the U that have to pay for the furniture for the houses. You know? Okay, they're like, we're not drunk, okay? We have been filled with the Holy Spirit. This is something new. This is what Joel prophesied about. Joel said this was going to happen. And he's saying that this is amazing what has just happened. See, because here's what happened before. Regular people weren't able to have this presence of the Holy Spirit on their life. Regular people before this day were able to just go through liturgical religion, go through things, and the prophet priest and king would get this special touch from God and the Holy Spirit would empower them just for a moment. And all of a sudden, Peter's like, guess what? It's no longer just for a moment, just for the prophet, the priest, and the king. It's for everybody. This is what Joel prophesied about in Joel chapter 2. He's like, this is what he prophesied, that he's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. This is what's going on. And so you could see how excited they were. And who is he preaching to? He's preaching to thousands of people that would have been on those steps. See, because here's what was happening. The people were all gathered in one of the three pilgrimages. So there were three pilgrimages that people would have to go to Jerusalem, and the people were all there on that pilgrimage. They were going there to celebrate one of the festivals that the Jewish people were celebrating. So there were thousands of people there. Thousands. Isn't it amazing? The outpouring of the Holy Spirit happens exactly on the day that all these people are gathered. I mean, exactly. I mean, if you, if you, not to go too, you know, academic on you, but you've got the crucifixion of Jesus. You've got the Passover. The, the Jewish people were celebrating the Passover uh, coming from Exodus. And then you've got Jesus. And then 50 days later, they're celebrating another festival. And that's exactly when God pours out his spirit. Isn't it amazing? I mean, the more I study about God, the more I don't say I'm smart, the more I am in awe of God, the more I love God more, the more I'm like, there's no mistakes. I mean, if you've ever thought God's late, 
He can't be late. He's too God to be late. Okay? All right, so he's right on time. And again, let's get back to this. So this is happening. The, the Spirit's being poured out. And, and it's an amazing thing. And, and the people are full of joy. And interesting. Between the one festival and the other, it was 50 days of joy and celebration. 50, so they have Passover, and then they get to the next festival. It's 50 days of joy. So I don't want to ask you this. Since Easter, River Valley Church, have you been partying, getting ready for Pentecost? Like, well, I didn't know we were supposed to. Yeah, we are. This is a big day. This is a celebration day. I mean, no disrespect, but this is like happy birthday church. This is where it started. This is like a birthday moment. This is where God's, Jesus, like, wait, wait, wait. And on that, the early church, the early church, right after the disciples, they, they teach the next people. Those guys are like, you know what? What we need to do is we need to have a 50-day celebration. We need to have a 50-day party. We need to, as soon as Easter is over, as soon as we celebrate the death and the resurrection of Jesus, as soon as that festival, the Passover is over, we're going to have 50 days of celebrating and we're going to celebrate Pentecost. Matter of fact, the early church did a 10-day prayer meeting. They said, it's the 10 days leading up to the power of God. Maybe that should be a new tradition we start at River Valley. Somebody on staff make note of that. All right, new 10-day prayer meeting leading up to Pentecost. We missed it this year. We'll make it. I mean, this is what was going on. And there's an amazing thing. The, poor, the, the Holy Spirit is being poured out and these gifts are being poured out and it's, it's an enabling that's going on. And in this moment, there was the gift of tongues. Now, we would call it a prayer language, tongues, a lot of different things, okay? You understand that? You may have heard it in, in different ways. But it's poured out, and that's a, a gift that was available by being baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's a gift that was available. And I have people in the church that sometimes come to me, I know your spirit-filled church and all this. I mean, uh, you know, you got the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and you've talked about speaking in tongues. Do I have to speak in tongues and do that? I'm like, have to? You get to. You get to. Like, this gift is available for you. There's, there's so much more there, and, and, and there'll be more teaching on this. And, and I want to let you know that... Um, Next week, your campus pastors are going to be talking to you and giving you just their experience with the power of the Holy Spirit, being baptized in the Holy Spirit, how the gifts are available for today. And then I've just made the call right before service. I'm extending the series another week. I just feel like there's more I need to teach on this. It's too important to miss. I, I personally am just following the leading of the Holy Spirit on this because there's just too much there. I don't want to miss it. See, the, de the deal is... A half-filled life will never get Book of Acts results. And I want to get all I can get. I don't want to be just like a cup. I don't want to be a taste. I want to get everything I can get. And I want our church. I've experienced this. We flow in this. I've been the recipient of this. And I don't want to just be like halfway there. And so I want to make sure that everyone in the church is aware that we will have power when the Holy Spirit is poured out in this way. Acts 1.8 says this, you'll receive power power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. See, the power of Pentecost was to propel us for the mission. If I could say it this way, the power of Pentecost was the plus for the purpose. It was the plus for the purpose. Jesus is like, you're going into all the world. You're going out there. You're going to talk to your neighbors, your enemies, and it's going to, you're going to go to the ends of the earth. And I need you to have the plus for the purpose. And you're going to get this power to go out there. And the, 
the power of the spirit-filled life in some churches, it, it, it's, you know, it's like a bless me club. And it's like the gifts are just for each other and they all, like, everybody likes them and they're not growing and it's not the plus for the purpose. It's the plus to just squeal the tires. And if anybody, you know, when I was a teenager, I used to love having fast cars. I get pulled over all the time. I mean, I just love, I mean, I won't even go into it. And Pastor Darren was my buddy and we got into a lot of trouble together with cars. All right. And uh, man, we just, we would, we would squeal our car tires and we, the smoke and all that. I mean, and we thought it was so cool and it was it really wasn't cool. I mean, everybody on the sidewalks just choking from the, the rubber smoke and all that. I mean, some churches are like that. It's like, we've got the power. And all they're doing is squealing their tires and making smoke. Hey, the, the, the power is to propel you forward. The power is not to say, like, let's have a really good bless me club. Let's be pretty excited in here and never grow. And never, like, it's, no, the power, the, the plus is for the purpose. It's to get you there. It's to, to propel you forward, to penetrate the darkness, to move forward as a church. And so it's not just to squeal our tires, it's to move forward. See, because all of a sudden when the power of Pentecost, when the power of the Holy Spirit is poured out, the church adds 3,000 people in one day. Man, that's the plus for the purpose. Okay, and then it goes even further and it goes even further and it starts moving faster and faster. In Acts 5, it talks about like, Man, you're teaching. You filled all of Jerusalem. Like, this is amazing. Your, your teaching is going everywhere. It's incredible. See, the, the plus is for the purpose of moving forward. And the Spirit-filled church launched it. And now there's 2.2 billion people on planet Earth that call upon the name of Jesus. But if we don't watch it, what will happen is we'll start to become liturgical and we'll become organized and we'll start to say, Holy Spirit, we don't need you. We have structure. Okay? I'm not opposed to structure, but I need structure and spirit. Okay? There's not enough purpose-driven or first base, second base, third base. I mean, I need purpose and I need spirit. I need, I need Pentecost. I need this power in my life. And we need all the power that the Holy Spirit has for us. All the power that Jesus promised. And I'm begging you as your pastor, like... Grab a hold of the power. I mean, think about it. If you met somebody, one of your neighbors, you went over there and you're like, hey, I noticed your house is dark at night. And they're like, we don't have electricity. You'd be like, you don't have electricity? No, we don't have electricity. Yeah. You're like, electricity is amazing. Like, you don't have to do firewood for your food anymore, you know? And they're like, no, I like firewood. You know, like, you're like no, you don't, you don't understand. Like, the rooster doesn't have to be your alarm clock. You could actually get one. You know, like, no, we don't. Yeah, I mean, you'd, you'd be begging this person, like, get some power. There's power available to you. It doesn't make them a bad person that they don't know about that power. They're not utilizing that power, but they could do more with that power. And you'd say, there's power available. I'll give you this illustration. I, I used it in 2015 in a series called Greater Gifts. And if you want to know more about this, you can go online. But um, years ago, I was buying a new truck. I was buying a new truck and I went into the dealership right in Apple Valley and I said, hey, I, I, I want that truck. I got the old truck. I'm trading that one in. I want that truck right there. This price, this interest rate. I have great credit. You have one hour to do it. Can you do it? And the guy said, we can do it. And 59 minutes later, we had done the deal. I mean, traded in the truck, got the new truck, did that. I was walking out. 59, so you're like, that's like miraculous right there. That's, that's the power of God right there. Okay, but way higher than that. All right, so I'm, I'm walking out of there and he goes, you know everything? I said, I know everything. Same truck, same truck. Good, good, good. And he goes, okay, so you know about your remote start. And I go, what? 
He goes, yeah, your truck has a remote start. I'm like, no way. I didn't, okay, I didn't know that. So he takes the key fob. He says, here's what you do. You push down lock on that button twice, and then you hold the round circular button, and then it starts. And it does, my new truck starts. I'm like, that is awesome. And then I said, wait a minute, give me my old key fob. I took my old key fob and I pushed lock twice. And then I pushed that round circular button that was on my key fob that I never knew what that round circular button did. And my old truck started. And I said, you mean to tell me I had remote start for the last five years and I never knew it? I had remote start. I could have gone through cold Minnesota winters and pre I had more power available and I didn't know it. I was so angry. I was, I was mad at myself, mad at everybody. I, I was just like, I can't believe I had more power. All those winters I was wishing I had more power and it was right there in my pocket. And I would tell you this right now. You say, well, is there more power available? Yes, there's more power available. The power of the Holy Spirit is available. We believe the power of the Holy Spirit is for today. The gifts are for today. There's more power available. And you don't have to say, like, I'm trying to get the breakthrough. I'm trying. I can't get. Yes, you can. There's more power available. The gifts of the Spirit are for today. God, Jesus wants to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, my parents, when they were trying to make their way back to God, my parents were raised in a really formal, liturgical, two different types of churches, drifted away, drifted away, like a lot of people do. And then there was something within them. They're just like, our lives are empty. Our lives are not complete. There's something missing. And we want to find Jesus. We want to find where Jesus is. So literally, they said to their friends, they said, Let's start looking at churches and see if we can find one that has Jesus in it, okay? They didn't know what they were saying, but they just walked into one and they're like, huh, they don't look very happy. I'm not sure Jesus is here, okay? And then they walked out, they went into another one, they called, not that one, you know, and they called each other. And, 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 and Jesus was there, okay? The people just didn't know it, okay? They, how, smile at your neighbor right now. If Jesus is here, give him a little smile right now. Give him a little joy. Come on. Okay, so... The, but then their friend called and said, I found him. I found him. This church has Jesus. This church, you should come. This church has Jesus. And, and they, they went to that church. They're like, this is what there was. You know what it was? They were saying, There's, the church needs to be alive. The presence of God is real. This is not liturgical. This is not just form. There's something going on. Jesus left power for his church. He sent the Holy Spirit. He told the disciples to wait. The presence of God is active and working. And so they were like, we're desperate for a touch of God. And I'm telling you this right now, we need the Holy Spirit. We need the gifts of the Spirit. We need all that God has for us. We, we need to say, Jesus, we need, more. we need more. When you left this earth, you didn't say, I'm going to give you a little bit. You said, I'm going to give you a whole lot more. And we believe that is for today. We believe the church got a little too organized, a little too uh, structure dependent. And again, nothing wrong with being organized or having structure. But we, we, we just basically said to the Holy Spirit, like, we got it from here. And the Holy Spirit's like, Really? How many know this world is getting more evil? This world needs a touch of God. This world needs a church that is empowered by the Holy Spirit. And it's not systems that will change this world. It's the Spirit of God that will change this world. And I'm just praying for us to, again, be hungrier, 
to say, Holy Spirit, we need you. Holy Spirit, we need more of the gifts. Jesus, we need you to baptize us in the Holy Spirit. I would pray that our prayer teams would be ready for this, that our pastors would be ready for this, that our altar times would be ready for this, that our Holy Spirit retreats would be filled to capacity, that we'd pursue more. I mean, Pentecostal power has been given to us to go into all the world. The plus for the purpose. The plus for the purpose. Don't leave the turbo off the engine. There's a turbo, again, not to squeal our tires, but to propel us forward in Jesus' name. This, this church, this spirit-filled church will be alive. It won't be hype, it'll be spirit. Something happens in a church that is alive, that says the Holy Spirit is moving, the gifts are here, we are seeing the miraculous, we are not shelving the spirit, but we are saying, Holy Spirit, have your way. You're welcome in this place. So Lord, I just pray right now for our church that we would say, Thank you for the Holy Spirit. I pray right now that we would be propelled forward by the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray that we'd be open to the gifts of the Spirit. Instead of being resistant, we'd say, these gifts are for today. That's what we thought was going on. There was something happening in the church and we didn't know exactly, but now we do and we lean into this. We lean into the gifts, we lean into the power, we lean into the presence and we say just, Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Thank you, Jesus, for sending the Holy Spirit, the promise, the plus for the purpose. Help us to be alive, to be passionate, to be spirit-filled, and to be on mission for you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen.